Hello, hello, and welcome to another Two Network Match Report with me, Adam. It's finished Newcastle 1, Crystal Palace 0 at St James's Park with the world watching in the wake of the takeover speculation. We put on a vintage display of champagne football. Nah, not quite. <laughs> but it was a bit of a smash and grab winner from our very own woolly mammoth, Mikel Marino, who rose like a Spanish salmon to seal the three points in rather fortuitous fashion. But, so great news, absolutely delighted with the three points. Well, let's start from the start. Let's have a look at the first half. Ultimately, Palace started the better, the more assertive of the two sides. They assumed a lot of early possession. I thought that the movement of Zahar and Townsend, who were kind of playing as roaming wingers, for, but forward, um, they didn't actually have, a, a, I guess, a specific target man with, with Benteke being out injured. But they did cause a lot of problems for us. Um, you know, if you, if you consider our back four, there's not a massive amount of pace there. There's, you know, Mankiw's got a little bit of pace. Yedlin's probably the fastest that we've got. In terms of the centre-backs, you know, they had to probably be reliant on their physicality, uh, their positional play as well, to, to keep those two players under wraps. And Zahar, he's coming back he's come back from an injury himself, as had Lejeune. But, but you know, the, you know how dangerous a player Wilfred Zahar can be on his day. And we didn't really get out the blocks in the first half. I mean, the first... The first incident of note, let's let, let I'd like to hear what you think about this in the comments, was the Kabai challenge on Yedlin. Now I have seen this back before recording the video. I've just just got in the house half an hour ago. I saw it back on Twitter and for me that that's a poor decision from the referee. I think a yellow card is far too lenient. I wonder whether he's given a yellow card because it was re relatively early in the game. I think it was around 20, 25 minutes or so. I wonder whether he gives that a yellow card simply because he's he's unsure he doesn't really want to un unsettle. He doesn't want to make the more difficult decision, the right call, by making such a bold claim to, to say that it's a red card. But for me, and I, I, again, I'd love to hear what you think. If that's Shelby with that challenge, if that's Mitrovic with that challenge, their reputation precedes them. And he and, and they, that's a straight red for them. No question. To be honest, I don't even think our teammates had, had Shelvio Mitrovic made that challenge and got sent off. I don't think a lot of our teammates would be remonstrating because it was a, such a clear, um, cynical foul that was nowhere near the ball and and what adds fuel to this challenge is the fact that Palace had a penalty claim turned down seconds before so Kabai's trying to I think Lascelles has got it in the six yard box and he's sort of trying not to panic he's composed and he puts it out right and Kabai's chasing him and Kabai's chasing Yedlin and he just goes in it's the it's the scissor motion as well that catches him and it's so dangerous that could shatter an ankle and I just feel that if that's not, if, if that's if that's Mitchell Shelby, there's no question. And they, they, that's a red card. So why didn't we get a red card? And obviously what happens then is the referee sets a precedent about what a yellow card, you know, if that's a yellow card, then what does, what does anybody have to do to get a red card in this game? 
So I think it set a dangerous precedent for the discipline within the game. And if you look, say, like, um, I know that Lascelles got a booking for descent after that because I think he obviously felt strongly that Kabai should have walked, which I think most of us did. But Lejeune got a yellow card for, um, well, I think Townsend had kind of got away from him. It was a little clip. Townsend took a few strides, then he stumbled and went down. It kind of looked like he obviously made a, a lot of it, made a meal of it, given that he sort of was able to run a few steps after being tripped, apparently. But that was given a yellow card. Now, you're not telling me that that little trip on Lejeune was yellow card worthy when Kabais was yellow card worthy. They're in completely different leagues, man. This is why there's a yellow card and a red card. And you could say to me, okay, Adam, but that was quite a cynical foul and Townsend was running in on goal. Right, fair enough. But then if you consider also, very soon after that yellow card, Yedlin's running through and Zahar's all over him on his back, you know, takes him down and he gets a talking to from the referee. Now, I'm not going to lambast the referee saying that he got all the big decisions wrong. Because I don't think he did. I think on the whole, he got the right decisions right. But I think that Kabai one was a mistake. And what led, to, what led from that was just a little bit of inconsistency given how high he'd set the bar for yellow card and that the spectrum of yellow card and red card offences or you know no card offences was slightly warped because of that. So I think that had an impact on the game. And, you know, it was... A, it was Difficult decisions, uh, difficult conditions anyway, with the rain started hammering it down as it went in. But, you know, they had, a, they had the odd chance before the break. They, they did, they were very good with their movement, I thought, and I was I was very wary of them from set pieces as well. Um, but I know, I remember a cross came in for Zahar who headed down, but then it went wide. So that could have very well easily been 1-0. Been but that's about the closest that they came, um, Palace, in the first half anyway. So I think by the end of the first half, we, we were just desperate to get in. We were absolutely desperate to get in, get into the dressing room, regroup, because, look, we've seen this countless times from Rafa Benitez when we were in the Premier League last with him in those last 10 games, and less so in the Championship, because I think we knew the level that we, we wanted to assert ourselves. But what he still did, and what he has done is, for the first half, he'll, he'll play cautious, he'll keep it safe, he'll keep rigid, he'll keep structure, he'll keep defensively solid. And he'll try and identify weaknesses in the, in the opponent. So when it comes to half-time, he'll tell the players, right, we need to be passing more down the right, we need to be finding Hosley's feet, whatever it is. When things aren't working, he'll, he'll identify these little improvements that we can make. And again, in the, you know, when, we, when we entered the, the second half, we still, I think, struggled to kind of do anything in the final third. There seemed to be a real lack of creativity today. Now, Perez was running his heart out, as he does, but I just don't think the link-up was there with Hosselu today. I thought Hosselu was starved of any real service today. I mean, I don't think he put himself about a bit, won a, couple of, won a few important headers, but I think in terms of him getting a clear sight on goal or an opportunity to, to shoot or strike, very few and far between. Um, so I think a change was absolutely needed. But I thought that even though maybe our wingers weren't getting the service to Hosselu, although in the first half, Atsu seemed to be the, the more obvious outlet for, for our counter-attack. So he dribbled and dribbled and got a nice ball in for Hosselu, who 
um, laid it off for Perez, who found Richie on the far side. So there was, you know, the won a corner, I believe, but some really good directness from Atsu there. Um, and then there was the other one where Perez chested it down for Shelby, first time ball through. Atsu dribbled and he, he had a he had a guy on his shoulder. He did well to muscle in and, and ahead of him. Um, but I think because of the attention of the defender, he, he couldn't get a clean strike on, on, on goal and it hit the side netting. So that was probably the closest that we came in that first half. But I just think that despite us not maybe creating too much in the final third, I thought the defensive duties of Matt Ritchie and Christian Atsu were excellent. I really think they need to be called out for that because they... Atsu particularly, I mean, Ritchie kind of does it every game anyway, so he, he may be surprises me less when he does do that but Atsu really did well I thought in protecting Mankio um, I think a couple of times Mankio tactically was maybe not switched on when we were trying to push out and make counter-attacks I know a couple of you know rel relatively decent passes went out of touch because he, I don't th I don't think he was in the right position rather than the pass being you know off target um, so I, I would have liked just a bit more urgency from from him but, you know, in the, we didn't really get a shot on target until, well, the first shot on target we had it was about in the 70th minute, and that was a cross from Richie, which just happened to be on target. After that, we had a shot from Darmy. He tried a curler, which I think Speroni made a bit more of a meal of, but it was quite a comfortable save in the end. Then after that, there was that really uh, venomous drive from John Joe Shelby from, from distance, and that really moved... Now what you wanted was, because the, the pitch was a bit wet from the rain and they put the sprinklers on at half time, you just wanted that Shelby drive just to just to bounce off the, off the surface and skid in, you know, um, it would have picked up a lot of pace. But, you know, that's when we started getting our back, uh, when we, we started finding our voice as fans and I think you could see a lot more belief from the team that, and, and, and we did, we took the game to Crystal Palace and maybe... You know, on another day, you might argue that that was a bit too late. Um, but ultimately, we've got the win, and, it, and whatever we did worked because I thought when Marino came on, he he facilitated a better link between midfield and, and attack, both from from his own passes and drives and using his strength, and also he unlocked Shelby a bit, who had been hampered, I felt, um, throughout the game. So he sort of unlocked Shelby for Shelby to have a bit more of a free role, and he he. he he maybe he a lot of his passes were going straight today. Shelby again. I don't I don't think a lot of the team had particularly uh, great games today, but you you know his his introduction I think changed the course of the game, as did the introduction of uh, Diarmi for Perez and uh, Mitchell for Hosselu, who you know their pairing wasn't working, but I felt that the combination of Mitchell and Diarmi gave us a lot of strength power physicality, it gives us a lot more to aim for actually and we probably found ourselves a lot more comfortable aiming, you know, looking up for either Diarmi or Mitchell because maybe maybe we had two heads to aim for rather than when it's just Perez and Hosselu, it's really only Hosselu you can aim for, Perez isn't particularly great in the air or he doesn't win a lot but I thought Yedlin was great in the air actually just thinking about it, the amount of times he, he out jumped his opponents when he was, you know, clearly half a feet smaller I thought that was excellent as an aside but anyway I thought 
the introduction of Diarmi and Mitchell really just gives us a, give the game give the game a, a, a different complexion. I think it gives us something else going forward. We needed to change it up a bit, and it applied a lot of pressure. What I really like about Mitrovic, and if you noticed, you know he didn't have much time to shine. But when the ball's in the air coming from him, he knows he's got it, or he knows he's going to head it, or chest it, or bring it down. It's his awareness. He's looking around. He's looking where he's. You know, there's an intelligence to that that he's looking for where. You know, I don't think Hossley does that all the time. Hossley might just look to get the flicks on and hope that Perez has anticipated it. But uh, you know, there's a there's a definite purpose when Mitro, you know, shields the ball, controls the ball, and he looks to lay it off. You know, there's there, there's definite method there. But this, we, we you know, we kept pushing, um, and then we got a corner, um, and beautifully swung in, and. Marino, as I, as I mentioned before, he leapt really high, got a really good contact, and it was amazing header in off the bar. What, what a, what a way to win it! You know, a, what was essentially a really turgid nil-nil in the rain, gloomy. It's dark. It was going nowhere. Not many chances created, or even any shots on target. But, but Marino in off the bar was really similar to Lascelles against Stoke, actually. Um, but what I noticed again, uh, just before Marino, I mean, the celebrations were amazing. Now, absolutely, it was it was incredible moment. It was such a release and a relief to get the you know on the way to three points after what should have probably been a nil nil, really, um, by all accounts. But I noticed that Kabai had gone down before Marino had got a chance to get his uh, head on the ball. So my instinct was, as you know, I'm cynical with referees now that once a player goes down. In a corner, it's a cheap foul, and it's it's just you know the corner's written off, and it's a free kick to the opposition. And I thought that's what was going to happen. So even when Marino headed in off the bar, I was looking at the referee, thinking, "Is, is that still? He's given it. He's given it. <laughs> it's actually gone in, and it's uh, and it's counted." So I thought, honestly, absolutely fantastic uh, of us. And again, Benitez tactically patient. And, and it was a smash and grab, but we'll take it. You know, we'll take it. The, these kind of games when you're playing against a team who are fighting for their lives already in the bottom of the table, you know, they hadn't won all season, they hadn't scored all season, and then they got that amazing result against Chelsea last week. And as I mentioned in my last video, the, the, the takeover uh, reaction video, which check it out if you haven't... Uh, listen to that on the podcast or seen the video the Amanda Staveley takeover reaction all in my previous video but as I mentioned there you know I think them coming off the back of a quite a a steam boosting win against Chelsea the, the, the champions was a different proposition if they'd come off the back of you know just straight defeats now it's it's but you know again that that would have been a great point for them really that would have been a really solid point for them. I don't think that they could claim that they probably deserve to win that game because if you look at it, ultimately they've had 10 shots today, none on target, zero. Whereas we managed seven shots, three on target, and all those three came in the second half, and two of them were in a minute, Diarmi and Shelby, but then the decisive, the decisive goal, it, you know, it's, an, it's another 1-0, yep. Yeah. But it's another clean sheet and another three points. Like I'll take, I'll take these, I'll take these scrappy wins all day long. I would happily have 
I'd happily watch that and have a scrappy win all day long if it meant that it will secure our place in the Premier League for next season. You know, with all this kind of takeover talk, we don't know if it's going to go through. We know... Well, we don't know. We hope that even if Ashley is around in January, he'll stick to his word from his uh, press release about offering funds to uh, Rafa Benitez to bolster, which we'll absolutely need because the squad isn't adequate. When Benitez is getting a lot out of that side. I think that's very, very clear. And again, bigger than the sum of his parts, very economical. Look at that. So we've had, yes, we had 55% possession today, which is you know one of the highest that we've had all season. But you've got to believe that most of that possession probably came from like you know the last 20 minutes. You know, once we'd had that first shot or the cross on target from... I, I, again, I don't think that um, that Richie cross counted as a shot on target because obviously we had those other ones on target um, that cancelled those out. But we didn't really start playing attackingly um, until, you know, with attacking intent and impetus in, until those, you know, the last uh, bit of the game. And, and it reminded me very much of the Huddersfield game where we we went all out very late on and we managed, you know, against Huddersfield we weren't able to do so, but, you know, it's this economical efficiency that Benitez has in his tactics that, we, you know, I think he concedes that there's not enough quality in our side to dominate games and keep possession and have the other team chasing around. So it's about making the most of what we do have. This is a recurring theme, all these match reports. It's making the most out of what, what little possession you do have and you look at the stats and we've we've played it perfectly you watch the game and yeah we're, we're, we're quite fortuitous to, to to come away with three points i think i think i think a nil nil draw is probably what everyone had by the 80th minute had probably resigned themselves to and and, and why not but what what a way to get a win in in, in the dying minutes and just such a just such a relief and just a it just really you know raised the roof when they, when when we scored it was an amazing feeling and you'll, again you'll take those all day long now obviously Palace didn't have a shot on target so you could argue you know that surprised me actually uh, looking at that stat because you know for all their early dominance and they were much better creatively in the first three quarters of the game than we were. They had much more going for them in the final third. They weren't able to test Rob Elliott in goal. Um, I thought Lejeune was canny, sort of recovering from the error against Southampton where he conceded the penalty. I thought Yedlin had a good game today. As I mentioned before, Atsu and Ritchie really made a difference for us defensively um, in their roles as wingers. But I'd probably give the man of the match to simply... For his moment of magic, it's Mikel Marino. I think, I think he did change the game when he came on in centre midfield by unlocking Shelby, and that that changed the complexion. And you know, he popped up when it matters and scored a really, really superb header. It really was top class, in off the bar. You cannot save them. I believe that I think that was somebody on the line as well, and it's past Speroni, and you you just you, you can't save when it goes in off the bar like that. It's inch perfect. So absolutely delighted with the three points. Um, that's taken us, um, I think, briefly up to. I think that's taken us up to sixth place. I'm recording this at the time of recording. Um, it's quarter past six on Saturday, the twenty-first of October. 
um, above Liverpool and Arsenal, but they've got games in hand. But quite notably, we are only one point behind Watford. And rightly so, you know, the, rightly so, the media have been um, waxing lyrical about uh, the work that Marco Silva's been doing there and the results that Watford have had and the performances. And they've completely changed, he's completely changed their fortunes around. And they've been kind of a, the, the early story of, of the Premier League season, I think, um, in terms of a, you know, a, an underdog vying for European places even, even at this early stage. Things might settle down a bit, but, you know, considering that the, the start that Watford have had, and they're on 15 now after nine games, we're, we're on 14. And we're four goals better than Watford. They're on minus two, we're on plus two. So... You know, looking at it in relation to how well Watford have done and, and the plaudits that they've received, and rightly so, we're up there on a championship squad, essentially. You know, you've got a lot of people saying, you know, and us saying, you know, a lot of people saying championship squad, we're saying, that yeah, we need strengthening and we need to probably really make that count in January to stop us from sinking down. But while we're here and it's October, and we've, what we've done today is cement our place in the top half of the table for the weekend. And just the confidence has grown. The fact that we've, you know, we've not lost in a good few games now. Really good draws against Liverpool and Southampton. You know, under Pardew, under Carver, under McLaren, they're, they're defeats all day long. They really are. I know McLaren would uh, beat Liverpool 2-0 at all. But, you know, it, typically those are the kind of games that we just the defeat, 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 and there's no momentum. Instead, the last three, you know, results, we've got five points out of a possible nine, and we've played Southampton and Liverpool as well, and another relegation rival in Crystal Palace. Look, we've still got to consider ourselves relegation rivals simply because of the squad we have and the fact that we're just newly promoted. So, we... We, we could almost regard that against Palace as a six-pointer, although I think they're they're in massive trouble now um, in terms of are they going to pick themselves up in time? They need to start getting points on the board very, very quickly. So a game that could have been a turgid nil-nil ended up being a turgid one-nil, um, but these scrappy wins, so important, and helped drive the team forward. I'm absolutely delighted with that. And Rafa will... Rafa will claim that his, um, his, his, his tactical plan went perfectly, but I, I, think, I think he'll... Actually, no, I think he'll be very honest about it. I think he'll know that we can play better and know that that wasn't the best that we can perform as a, as a, as a, as a team. But he'll be absolutely delighted with the way we defended today. Resolute, solid, and no shots on target from Crystal Palace. Not going to score if you don't have a shot on target, lads. So, I'm going to end it there. Fantastic result. Consolidates our place in the top half. Keeps momentum going. We're unstoppable at the minute. I, I really feel there's, a, there's, there's such a, a lift in the mood over the last couple, of, uh, last couple of games to feel that we, you know, we do belong in this league and we can do things in this league even on a shoestring budget um, and even with a lot of quality lacking. We can still come up with a smash and grab win like that. 1-0 against Palace. I've been Adam. Thanks very much for watching. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Check out my other videos as well. I'm sure you'll enjoy them, particularly the takeover one. That's still very, very much pertinent. 
listen to me on iTunes and on SoundCloud, and we're also on Facebook and Twitter as well. I've been Adam from the Toon Network, Newcastle 1, Crystal Palace 0. It's a long road home for Roy Hodgson. See you later, everyone. Bye, easy bye.